So what? What's who's like the candy man? Tom said he's like you. No, no. But Tom is. He said he's like the candy man. the candy man's like Tom. Ask him how he started. Okay, well, that's a good story. I've said it a hundred times. All right, okay. You've done homework. Have you done this? Yeah, I did. I've done my homework. I can't help it. Damn. Fidos is there. That's Fidos is security. He's right. too nervous, he's scared, then he pops in when he wants to. Oh, okay. No, he doesn't. He's, how many has he done? One, two. Two. Yeah, the yeah. first ones he was like really yeah, shy. Yeah, just shy. And, then and the second up. one because there's a lot of people there. What That's the bottle. He got shy again. Yeah. And then the last one with Rick Shaw. Yeah, he started. started. Yeah, oh, started Rick was he too, was he? No, we, we, yeah. No, we do these, their place. Yeah, Rick's place. They left hand drive thing, that thing. They kick worth, ass. It's worth yeah. about three hundred grand. That he went. He went. Uh, and, it's, and it's, sorry, it's got to be the same like in um, in, in the rest of the world. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's the yeah, same formula. It's the same formula. Yeah. Well, he went three weeks ago. Was it three weeks? They had testing again. They asked him to come. Yeah. And they had three different cars. Was set up three. I reckon they were trying to see if they knew they could tell the difference. Well, he was ranking up there, and he, he knew, got, yeah, yeah, he, he knew, the other yeah, two were yeah. still rookies. So let's start. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the All Talk Car Podcast. You heard the sounds of roving Tom, the oh, roving reporter. So Tom's helping me out tonight. We've got some guests. We've got Gary and Zoran from Enterprise Motoring. And they'll tell us in a minute. You can say hello. Yeah, g'day everybody. <laughs> Zoran here. G'day everyone. <laughs> and we've got Fitos Security. And security's outside, so he's, on, he's handling the crowds. I've got a live show tonight. So, gentlemen, welcome. Um, so, basically, what just you, you, I mean, you can tell us what you do in a nutshell, and then we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty. But basically, you guys are in charge of it, you're boarding guards. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we make we make a bit of money having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we just play with Japanese cars. And so, I, was, I, was, I, was, I mean, I was going to say, how did, I mean, what's your background? How did you, how'd you get into it? Oh, background's always been in, motor, in, motor, in the motor game. Yeah. Been spray painted by trade. Yeah. Left school early. Uh, just that's why he picks all my work. No, I just no, clicked to me now. Did you know? No, Tom, that's just because it's sometimes. Hey, hey, hey! hey watch oh. it, Gary. Gary. <laughs> well, I recently, I recently tried to get a job with Tom. I showed him my ticket from back from '93. He said I was too overqualified to work for him. Oh, so he wouldn't to... let. He wouldn't let me in. So thirty no. years ago, you tried working for Tom. And he no, no, no. Just recently, I tried getting a job. Oh, just... <laughs> I thought I'd ever change. You know, I don't think Tom believed his credentials amongst the chapter. <laughs> so basically, in the car game. I've always been in the car game. Just buying cars. I was backyarding cars in yeah. the first place, and just buying cars. Right, I was fixing them up, playing with these all sorts of cars. Now they're all vintage cars or thirty year old plus. Back then, they were current they were, cars. Yeah. So what from there? Well, you thought, oh, hang on, let's let's. You picked up the uh, classifieds and thought, hang on, this is an international number, let's try and bring this car yeah, in here? Or, uh, yeah, kind of. Eventually we got there, but before that, um, I was where I was repairing some of these cars, I was bumping into these guys um, <clears throat> that were buying cheap Japanese spare parts, you know, like yeah. half cuts, nose cuts, they used to call them in the day. You know, just chop, cars chop from the firewall for, for, forward and um, the parts were pretty cheap and then we found out who, the guys, who these guys were selling these parts. We knew they were coming in containers from Japan, but back then, this is back 92, 93, so yeah. there was no internet really that you could Google. No. Google didn't come up until 2001 or 2002. So we just had to ask, and whoever done this, it was like, you know, they discovered the pot of gold and they would share information with you. So we would just look from the outside in and, you know, you know, one thing led to another. And um, then, like you said earlier on, we, we found some Japanese yellow pages um, for the business and yeah. we just went flick through them made a whole bunch of photocopies, hit the fax machine, just said, hello, we're from Australia, we want to 
do some. I was going to say, did you jump on a plane and just land there and go well, look around, or was almost? It? That was first. First, we made contacts. We made about five or six contacts, and we stuck with, with you know we picked two or three guys that we're going to we're going to you know talk to, and yeah. um, they were going to show us around. Where'd you get the yellow pages here in Sydney, Australia? Yeah, in um, it was a Japanese trade bureau. It was called. I forgot which street it was. It could have been Pitt Street or George Street. Like a like a government. Yeah, it was like putting people together. You know, business trade, in Australia yeah. or clients to show your business in Japan. And yeah, it was like a dating site. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was going to say Tinder or Grinder or something. You know, I know that. RSVP. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Grinder. No, no, it's alright. I, I don't. I was on Grinder. You know, how long I waited for a girl on that site. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm bitter here because I've never seen them show this much initiative in anything we do together. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, all the secrets are coming out. Yellow, We've only just started. Yellow pages, working. And these are all concepts. In the same yeah. sentence. Too. In the same <laughs> sentence, absolutely. Yeah, before the internet, too, That's in the early it. 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Setting up the ground for what we do today. Well, that yeah. was kind of fun because it wasn't too easy. Now it's all too easy. You can pretty much find anything within five minutes. Yeah, so when you first started, I want to go back to the beginning. Like, when you first started, what, what sort of cars were coming out like okay yeah um, so would you is it just a good second-hand car or was it a, a 70s 80s classic because i know japan's got strict crushing rules that yeah. they crush their cars yeah, yeah. the story yeah yeah there's, that's why there's not many old cars in japan oh, really yeah well the insurance is too expensive after two years yeah but what about say a prestige car or something they still crush it Oh, I wouldn't yeah. say so. They've got historic cars over there. They've yeah. got cars, valuable cars. All the JDM stuff now that has gone through the roof here in price, like your FD3s and your GTR32s and GDR34s and yeah. um, <clears throat> Silver S15s, all that stuff was pretty much current stuff back in 1998 when we went there or 97. Yep. So now, you know, for what we're buying brand new cars back then, now they're triple or quadruple in price as second-hand cars. Like a good R34 GDR, I think one of Tom's good mates. Joking. Could you see that happening? Uh, if we had a crystal that? ball, we could have, yeah. Like, we would have had a whole warehouse. Hang on, it's like Australia too, eh? If you bought a uh, Ford Muscle oh, car or Holden yeah, and you yeah, owned it okay. now, it's quadruple. You just didn't have to put it on a boat and bring it yeah. in. If you had left it in your garage, well, you cleaned up. Well, that's the sort thing. It's handy. It's you could have got those cars. Well, you did get those cars dirt cheap, but you, you need yeah. space and storage as well if you're going to keep Absolutely. Them. And they were current cars, so they were easy to find back then. So yeah. you'd go to an auction and you'd, you'd find, you know, 50 of them and you'd buy four or five if you wanted to. Now you might find five in every three months and you might luckily be buying one, but they just don't justify the cost, you know, so, yeah. unless uh, somebody really wants it. And let's see if Gary backs me up on this. But... Every, like whenever Zoran would bring me a car he'd say I'm keeping this one so do a good job and then a couple of weeks later that one's gone <laughs> so, I had to motivate him see <laughs> it's true but I even remember I remember on yeah. Parramatta Road I have to motivate Tom to keep but money talks Parramatta Road where the roller doors were he had a, a like a, a low mileage GT, I don't know what they are the GTR the Burgundy, the Burgundy, whatever and I remember opening the roller door or you opened the roller door and goes mate I'm keeping that one yeah then two weeks later, he should have kept he, No, he blamed someone else that they opened the roll door and they showed someone and sold it. Oh, yeah, I blame Michael. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Always got to blame someone you for letting that unicorn go. <laughs> but, when, but when Tom said he, he looks at it, I mean, this second hand car, so is there a, the odd ding in it or is it like buying a second hand car here? Is there a scratch on the bumper, the rims? It, it varies what we get now. Look, we can get near perfect cars, grade four and a half A's or B's, like yeah. this, with this particular car that Tom was talking about. That was an R32 GDR um, in Burgundy, which is one of the rarest colours that they came in with 30,000 kilometres, and it was a grade four and a half A, which is as good as you're going to get. Yeah. And that particular car, um, what I bought it for, 
five years ago, I think it was equivalent of about 45, 50 grand. Well, now that car to buy in Japan, before you pay your duties and everything else, is about 120 grand. Sure. What the was that RX-7? Car. What, you know, like, I know used. that RX-7 you had, that was an immaculate car, just faded paint. This one that you just done how, for. How do you work out the grade? What, 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 what grade's that? That was still a grade four because that was a good clean yeah, car. Yeah. But just because it, the, the, the red faded, mm. um, we had the respray. So yeah, what do they, they look do? At, a fantastic job. They look at mileage, year, or condition. What, what are the things? That are, what do they tick off? Well, I mean, to get a grade, generally now they're a little bit loose with their gradings. But to get a good grade, like a grade three and a half, grade four, let's say grade four or better, the car shouldn't have any pre uh, pre existing or, or um, accident repair. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I think the auctions can get a little bit greedy because they own a lot of these cars too, so they'll give themselves a generous grading yeah. and in fact they would have had a repair and they might have even had a quarter panel replaced so that's where it's always good to get these cars obviously you've got to have feet on the ground and get these cars inspected by, by yeah, people you can't, can't go back there for warranty no I was going to say because I mean, you, I mean you've done it for a while now is there certain auction houses or companies there that you go yeah look they, they've got good product is there some dodgy ones that you keep away of well you, you see the, um, just where, where these where these top cars end up is at biggest auctions in Tokyo like in the heyday they used to have up to 20,000 cars going in one day now, now their numbers have dropped to about 13 14 I haven't checked exactly still, yeah, still huge numbers and they've got what's called um, eight lanes it's like you're sitting in a movie theater some people a lot of your um, listeners were already seen this probably but like you're sitting in a movie theater and you've got eight eight screens eight different screens like so they've got a lane up to B C D E F G whatever it is yeah. whatever it goes to eight and literally, you've got, you've got um, hand controls and you're, you're, you're pressing the button and you're bidding cars and in 15 or 20 seconds, cars are turning over there. They're getting sold. So there's no auction here, you know, lot one, lot Absolutely two. Absolutely not. No, this is actually... It's just a convoy of eight. You've just got to click it. you just got to click. you got a little clicker. It's like a little EpiPen. Um, so where do you see the price on the screen? So it's on the screen and you've got every, 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 um, every, every agent or every buyer is sitting. Literally, you've got 1,500 or 2,000 seats and they get filled up pretty early to express Wow, are bidding on the same car? No, no, they're all sitting in the same auction room. Okay, what's yeah. the time frame of the auction then? Like, if it's well, computer it's, control, obviously. Well, it starts, usually starts with, the one that we're talking about is USS Tokyo, which is the biggest auction. Yeah. And the USS auction group is probably 70% or 80% of all the auctions. So they pretty much got a more or less of a monopoly. Yeah. They even tried the same system years ago in Italy. They, they set up their systems in Italy, but I don't think they were very coordinated over there because they probably liked their siestas and breaks and yeah. they couldn't work in a yes, Japanese regimented way. Yes. 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 Except and one little short Italian guy trying to drive eight yeah. cars at once. <laughs> in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like everybody... That was the other gear that worked, Gary. That's what I was in reverse. Yeah, well, um, didn't they have a tank with five reverse gears? <laughs> Again, slightly controversial. <laughs> so, like, could you bid for two cars at the one time? Or? Yes, you could. Um, you could actually get hurt doing that too because oh. you've got to focus. Because if you do end up buying the wrong car, which has happened, yeah. If my guys buying cars, they've actually clicked and bought the wrong and car. Bid it, yeah, push you, the price they up. can get out of it, but there is a penalty fee, it's like equivalent to eight or eight or nine hundred bucks. Well, they'll just literally wheel it back around again. Well, the car. The car will not probably show up in that auction, it will come back next week. Yeah, okay. It'll come up on the screen because all the cars are photographed and they're sitting um, in this big paddock. It's like you've literally got to walk, you know, three or four k's from one end to another end to see all these cars. That's how long this strip is. So you can view it. In oh, you view, yeah, if you come in early, you can view but, it. But it's, it's not like 
10 red Civics lined up and you can't remember which one. Yeah, I was going to say, what's that prestige what? options like? I remember once <coughs> when you were over there and I was seeing the photos of you and Wilfred, I think, yeah. and I can't remember who else, yeah. and his Ferraris, um, all, you know, prestige cars. This is his particular auction at, um, at Tokyo. Is that where you got the Tastaros? Yeah. 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 That's called USS Tokyo, which is in, in Tokyo itself, or probably outskirts of Tokyo, yeah. industrial area of Tokyo. And um, yeah, they, they've got all these. They've got all these corners, they call them a prestige corner, a, a recycled corner where cars have been damaged and repaired. They've got a, a manual corner, a historic corner. So they've got all these different corners and they, they, they know how to work the system. Yeah, but, but they've got the volume of people, that's the whole thing. Yeah, but most of these cars are probably, I think most of these cars at these auctions are probably more exported than... I was going to say, most uh, a, a lot of them getting exported. <coughs> is yeah, that... absolutely, because like Japan is is a worldwide market for used cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the bigger countries and the bigger by volume buyers would be New Zealand. Yeah. They probably buy eighty to 100,000 units every year. You'd have um, Russia every now and then is a big buyer, depending mm-hmm. when they change their rules. Um, Spare parts too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got you've got like we're we're, we're only sort of small. We Wasn't have, one of your friends trying to do that same system here? One of your friends too. <laughs> <laughs> but we have, have we got, it, the cars, it, we got the cars that do that. No, I don't know. I don't know. Is 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 he doing it? Oh, he's or? just trying to be a broker, which is pretty much what there are a few people here that advertise and they get you know newbies to buy cars that don't want to use dealers. They'll use what's called a broker. They'll give a broker a grant of fifteen hundred dollars. And this is uh, the car I want. And this is the car they want. And then in turn, they will use their because you've got to use use the agents in Japan. So there'll be a double fee. The agents in Japan will also charge a fee. And it's a good process if people just want to do it as fun to get their own car, but usually, usually it doesn't work out the way they, they think it's going to work out because they get stung every bit of the way. Yeah, and you're paying, yeah, you're, you're dropping paying a commission on a car. You work that way because when you're actually buying a car from a screen, if you're spending $100,000 on a GTR or another expensive sports car these days, most people do still want to go and touch it. Because yeah. if you've gone through an agent, you bought it regardless. If it comes off and it's nothing like the pictures, yeah. you're stuck with that car. Whereas if you're buying obviously from a dealer over here, then you come across, you touch, you touch the bonnet, you decide, you might pay a little bit more. But, what's, but, but reality, what's the alternative? If I'm going to spend a hundred grand on a car, is it worth me spending a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks with a ticket to Tokyo, going there blindly on my own, going to this auction house and pressing buttons? You're going to need someone to know. You can't just go in there. You can't just turn up. You know, you'll have to have an introducer, which you'll again go through somebody like an expat that's doing there, that's working for a Japanese um, company, or they're called brokers as mm. well. Um, you it know, gets commission too. They'll get commissions yeah. as well, they'll take you around. It was done a little bit more in the old, like I said, in the old days, when we're talking about old days in the 2000s, where there was much more stock to choose from. Yeah. Um, now, which the fun part is also, as these cars got older, they become 20, a lot of these cars are 25 years of age, which opens the market to, to America, for instance, like, they're the ones that are really pushing up the I was going to talk to you about the that. US. Yeah, we can get back yeah. to that later if you like. So, yeah, so basically, the demand for the JDM cars, I mean, first you had your Grand Turismo, your PlayStations, which introduced the world to what, these skylines. And the cars that we, Australia knew about and Japan knew about, and not really, a little bit of the UK, but no one else knew about these Lancer Evos, and they were purely Japan and Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. And then Grand Turismo and that, and America got an appetite for these cars, but Canada had a 15-year 15 15-year-old rule. rule, that's And then they try and get through the back door that yeah. way. But now all these cars that we're familiar with, these 90s 
like height of Japanese JDM cars are now available in America <coughs> and they're going crazy over it, which is driving yeah. prices up. Well, can I say something? It's JDM. J- Japanese domestic oh, okay. market. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I've, I've got a question. I've got a question. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Where did the term Godzilla come from? Will's is that from Bathurst no. when we no. ate everyone up? Or Wheels Magazine. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it was an Aussie coin term. I don't think the yeah. Japanese made it. Wheels no, Magazine yeah. drove Godzilla, like yeah. the Japanese monster. That it was a great term for it. But and then the world it was eating all the cars. Yeah, and then yeah. the world just Isn't there a big problem it. in Japan with uh, rusted cars? Like one sort of Japan is... Anything north well, of I've Tokyo. seen a uh, Lambros high-tech muffler, one of my friends, and I've seen a few import ones, and when you lift them up... All right, Can't fit us. <laughs> you know, half of the body's all rusted, so... <clears throat> It's an import. Yeah, well, obviously Japan, Tokyo, and anything north of Tokyo has got, you know, snow, snow and salt issues on okay. the road. So as soon as you put salt on the road, you'll end up having rust in your cars. And but it's listed, isn't it, on the auction report? You know what? Yeah, That's but what happens when you do buy a shit box and it arrives and you see it is effed? It comes it, to you, mate. Well, you wear it. <laughs> <laughs> you paid for it, so it's yes. yours. No, no, but can you... Buy a where's it and you try to fix it. Can, can, we, can you... Claim back, or no, can no. you get whoever it's <laughs> watered over there? I don't know. You're going to read it. It's taken three months for it to get. They're going to say what? Which one? What lane was oh, it? Well, I'm just asking. But like, no. it's funny. The Japanese—they've got this system. These you don't become too confrontational. You don't argue with them, especially when you're a smaller buyer. You don't argue with the big auction house. Yeah. And when someone posts pokes their nose and puts their hand up and says, "Look, this is not the car you described to me as." As per auction sheet, usually they'll still tell you, "No, it is. It's yours, and you've got to cop it." Basically, yeah. You so know, that's why shut you, up and you just keep that's on going. You've got to check, on that's why you've got to check these cars out. And there was, I think, um, Gary um, passed me on this YouTube um, link, which this guy had done it done it pretty well too. A great four cars coming with 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 um, you know with rust holes that you can put your fist through. They're still Shit. grade four, and they're technically saying, yeah, but it is a and grade four. And they're grade four at the top Yeah, they've graded as a grade four, and their justification is, yeah, but it hasn't had any accident repairs, so it hasn't been so repaired. So they stick to a strict formula. Yeah, it hasn't been repaired, but they will have a little notation on the auction sheet, which if you don't know how to read these things, or if you're not very good in Japanese, you'll miss yeah. them. Yeah. They will note some rust, please check. Yeah, okay. If you haven't checked... But it could be like on the strut mounts inside the bonnet. Yeah. If you want to yeah. open the bonnet, you need to go and do it, so the rest of the car mm. will look... Yeah, half alright. Yeah, yeah. yeah I bought one. I bought another thirty-three GTR, the V Spec. And the uh, one that, uh, yeah, the guy here said he's never had an accident. I take it to uh, Tom. It was two cars joined together, <laughs> and then we lost the door. Remember? <laughs> you bought it in Japan. We lost the door. He bought that here in Japan. I bought it from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's from a very good. Uh, Distant uh, delays. Oh, reputable. Yeah, yeah. reputable. Okay. That's the scum of the doing. He lifts the car up and he says, "We're going to cast drugs together." So somebody had to take yeah. the blame for this one. So well, we own two of halves. Look, can I just say, very interesting when you touch the point, Grand Turismo or Grand Theft Auto. These are the these are the these are the um, platforms that young people at the time, the nineties, seen these cars and associated mm. with them. So when I brought my first good car, which was which was called sort of a test car back then. It was an R33 Skyline. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a GDR, it was just a GDS non-turbo. 
and um, I stopped at a petrol station to put some car in it. And being a test car meant it was my first car to get approval to be able to plate the car, to get compliance plate approval. Yep. Because we've got ADR in Australia. We've got to meet these ADRs to actually uh, reach the vehicles. So I drove this car to service. And this young young kid, he was probably 18 or 19, came up and he said, man, I've seen this car. Well, this is a Skyline, isn't it? I said, yeah, yeah, it is too. And there was, I would have, you probably would have counted on, on the fingers of your hand how many 33 GRs yeah, there wouldn't have been. 33 full stop. Huh. And he picked it. And I said, how do you know? He goes, oh, I've seen it on, um, on Grand Tourism. PlayStation, yeah. Ain't yeah, that funny, eh? Yeah. So, uh, just, sorry, Tom. <laughs> ADR's Australian design. Okay, okay. thank just, you. Just, Thanks just, for that. Compared to JDM. So, <laughs> we've gone to the auction house. We've picked the right lane. We've got the right car. We didn't make a mistake. We didn't buy the wrong car. It's on a boat. Or you, the brokers that we... The team there that you got in, in Japan puts it on a boat destination, Wollongong, Sydney, it's coming yeah. to Australia. How's it packed? Hang on. How do they pack You can't carry it as duty-free. I don't know. No, 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 but do they <laughs> drive them on or do they container them on? You, you could pick both, but usually it's drive-on. Because when I was buying cars, Mustangs from, from the America, US is different. Containers. Yeah. yeah. US is still containers. Oh, okay. what, what, what paperwork, you know, we said ADR and getting a compliant, what needs to happen before you put the car on the boat we got to apply. We got to apply to Canberra, and we still do. Nothing's changed. Yep. To get an import approval for each vehicle. For each vehicle. Yes. Wow. And the import approval, um, the compliance holder will give you a letter saying that he's prepared to comply the car for you. Yep. If you're if you're a dealer that's got his own compliance, well, you, you'll give yourself this letter. You'll. Um, now it's done electronically. Back in the old days, it used to be obviously written and faxed through yep. with your credit card details and fifty dollars or whatever it was back in those days. Import approval, then you can clear your car after you've paid your duties. Once the car's arrived, after you've paid your duties, and back then we had duties before GST. So I've done this before GST. So now I think the duties, well, there's, there is no duty; it's zero. But back then I think it was thirty-five or forty. Oh, they had import duty import before GST before it phased out. Yep. And we also had um, sales tax, 222%. Yep. Yeah. So it was pretty expensive to bring a car back in 1998 or 1999. So now, yeah. is there any... There's only, GS, there's only GST. Only GST, only GST on the value that you've paid? On, on the accumulated value, which means um, you've got to add your shipping costs and your transportation and everything else. So the final bill will hit it with, with 10%. And it doesn't matter what car it is, whether it's a, a new yeah. five-year-old or a 30 year old No, it doesn't matter the age of the car, but the... the the price matters because obviously you've got this um, grey little chestnut which is called luxury car tax in yeah, Australia. Yeah, that, yeah. So anything over sixty two or sixty four thousand, uh, anything over that figure. So that, that five percent. So luxury no, car tax thirty three percent. So above the threshold. Above the threshold. So the luxury car tax doesn't just apply to new car sales; it applies to any vehicle, any vehicle that's over that threshold sixty odd thousand coming into the country. Yeah. It's price sensitive, yes. which is an awful lot of the GDM market now. Well, it is. In the sports cars. Well, yeah, because you know. now you're eating 100,000 if you're getting like a, a well, clean GDS, uh, GDR. Or... One of our friends um, that Tom knows, he's imported for a client of his um, an R34. It's not even a GDR, it's just an R34, but it's a purple colour, which is less than 500 made. And because they're less than 500 made, but they're not 25 years of age or older yet, they still qualify for the US market under a quirky ruling, yeah. which they can bring in it's what's called a show and display rule. Okay. And these particular cars are making three times the amount of money than what a different coloured half 34 is making. I always say that. It's actually not a GTR. No, no, it is a GTR, but it's not a V-spec. Oh, okay, right, so it's just a plain GTR. It's just a plain GTR. I always say it's that. It's a four-wheel drive or mm. wheel drive? It's, no, it's four-wheel oh, drive, bigger GDR. I always say, you want, a, you want a future classic? Buy a shit 
car, or a shit colour or an ugly car, and in 10, 15, 20 years' time, everyone wants that one. Well, this particular car, sorry, Tommy, I'm going to say yeah. something, but this no. particular <laughs> car, he paid 34 million yen for it. Yeah. Which is, geez, you haven't got a calculator here now, but it's like 420, 440,000 like dollars. Oh, wow. For Jesus this GDI. Just because of the car. It's a bit because. It's like Australian muscle cars. No one wanted yeah. the HQ with. Purple yeah, you don't want it now. Do you have to pay tax in Japan too when you buy the car? Yes, you do. There's 10% uh, GST there as well. Can you bring any cars in? Can you bring anything? You so I was just gonna go, before we go, I was just going to go back to this car. So yeah. you work out the luxury car tax, eight, take the first 65 grand. Yeah, so 320 grand, say, 330. Times 33%. That's another 100 grand. 100 probably, yeah. Who, to who, just where like, does that money go? To the government. government. They got their hands in everything, eh? And then we just sell it again, again. <laughs> and the whole thing, the whole unfairness of this whole thing is this is why we pay so much who, who can afford it for your Porsches, for your Ferraris, because a $600,000 Ferrari might have $180,000 worth of luxury car tax mm. in it. Now, people that buy a $10 million boat I've, don't have to pay a luxury boat no, tax. No, I know I've that. Got, I've got a Would you know anything about how much it costs, obviously, with a $600,000 Ferrari in luxury car tax? I'll have to look that. Would you have to look at look And get back to that. Get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! It can't. It's, and then the other, so that's the money. That's the revenue side. So yeah. That's the government with their yeah. hand out. What about things like there was? I remember there was a uh, was it Aston? No, not Aston Martin. Was it Maserati? They were bringing out some old Maseratis for some celebration a couple of years mm. ago. And asbestos half of the, asbestos. Half the cars got impounded because of asbestos. Mm. Is that just a one-off, or is that? Prevalent in a lot of cars. No, this is when look, I think we kind of live in a in the nanny state wow. or a nanny country. Yeah. They will pick some little pet projects to to go um, to go to carry on these cars. Like for instance, when we were bringing these cars in the early days, we didn't have to worry about um, having a gas license or worrying about HCFCs or whatever they are. Oh, the aircon as well. Yeah, the aircons and all that. And then we we had the carbon tax came in for whatever how however long it was used to add an extra $500 fee on our cars, on each car, where in fact now when it's been abolished, it's only $5. Okay. So they come up with certain things, but we had the case of asbestos, because I think where that all started from was in WA, they had um, a school got some dodgy Chinese um, insulation products, and they yeah. found asbestos in them. And um, they decided they were just going to crack down anything, on anything that, that has in. asbestos in it. Now, you've got to just have use a bit of common sense here and they had a zero tolerance policy too just to make it hard for the car guys and they went after a lot of people there's some people that got eight and twelve thousand dollar fines yeah even great wall copped it they reported no great wall didn't cop did it, they, but they should have copped it they brought in about fifteen thousand that had um asbestos brakes yeah. and asbestos um i think um what do you call them um and they still the, the sack ones the, the seals um Head gaskets, sorry, the gaskets. Oh, there's asbestos in there as well. As asbestos gaskets, and all they were made to do was just put a little, um, little sticker on under the underside of the bonnet saying, "Be careful, cars could be contaminated with asbestos." Are you serious? Yeah, that's that's how they got away. But if you're a bigger player in yeah. the marketplace, that's mm. what happens. I mean, yeah. More recently, just with the COVID thing, we had obviously issues where it was costing. What was it costing per vehicle? An extra five hundred dollars for cleaning? Yeah, about another five hundred bucks. Even though there's no proof, obviously, that any form of COVID has ever been passed by a car to an individual, they still managed, obviously, to come out with this rule. So you should have come and seen me. We've got special spray in. What is it? That's we got it here too. Free squirts. Yeah. Kills all COVID in a vehicle. 
Well, that would be fantastic, Tom. Maybe you could have taken it down to the docks and saved the motor industry millions of dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who, made you, who made that spray, Tom? Is it your no, that's proper. We've got government certificates oh, okay. and everything for okay. it. Okay. I'm so not lying. It wasn't homemade or anything? No, no, no. no. Uh, bit of, of Glen 20 in the jar? Well, I think it's rebranded Glen 20. Yeah. It's called, it's called <laughs> Dim- Dimitrakis Grange. Yeah. Tom, no. Tom 40. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So do you guys um, bring in cars from other countries as well, or is, is J- Japan basically We your... brought a few cars in from the US. Yeah. So there goes a little phase, like we're talking about phase. First we, we spoke about, you know, um, your fast and, we had the fast and furious stage. Yep. Where it was a, it was a great thing, great thing to import a Mustang fastback, well probably Tom's got one. Yes. But it was the gone in 60 seconds car, the so Illinois. that opened up the whole, the Illinois, yeah, that opened yeah. up the whole... The you, you went through that phase I too. I went through that phase, yeah. But then you found out you can't fit in it. <laughs> You're too tall. Plus the dollar. Oh, Back then when those movies tall. came out, a dollar with a Bristol was pretty favourable. Well, I remember, um, I remember at one stage we got a dollar ten for a dollar. So it was very good, yeah. yeah. It was just during after the GFC, and um, but yeah, like yeah, we've gone through that, and also the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. That's where we got everybody excited. Is that why the RX sevens went up? Well, I mean, Fast and Furious. When did that come out in two thousand? Well, everything though, didn't they? They did American cars, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Which now they yeah, are. They, they even had a Jensen in the last one. Oh, they've gone. Yeah. I mean, they just well, I mean, big forget the cars now. I mean, yeah. that would have broken down by the time it just took them from the. Who else see the Jensen today broken down? <laughs> it was the side of the road. That was one of my Jensen interceptors too. We had one of them. Did you? Yes. <laughs> I can't see Full drive. So yeah, they were, they were full drive. Yeah, they were full drive. Elias, it was Elias's father's. He didn't then. And we did the Jetsons. Jetsons. Yeah, yeah we done that. And it was the best thing. Wasn't it one We loved that car. James Bond to it. How long did his father have it from you? No, no. But we done it up and then he got sick of it because it was chewing too much gas. And then we didn't want to sell it, so I offered to give it to my brother. Yeah. And some guy heard that was trying to sell it, and I showed him no interest in selling it or nothing. And they wanted it. And he wanted it. I said, mate, I'm going to Queensland. I went Suck to Queensland, up. came back, and he took it and brought it. He still owns it. Piece of shit, those things. Yeah, like, I know. They broke down all the time. Oh, yeah. Did it have Lucas Electronics? Is that. What's that? Luke, did it have Lucas Electronics, yeah, like no, the Jags? No, no. Always leave before it gets dark. Yeah. <laughs> no, we put a six speed gearbox in it, auto as well. Yeah. Split box, Elias, because he's a bit nutty and yeah. you know, changes every technology he can find. But yeah, that was a good Jensen. That was one of okay. the best. Wow. I just heard, I know they're nightmares, but I remember they were the, in the 60s, an all-drive V8. You could buy parts. I remember back then, you could, they were old, but you could still buy parts for okay. you know, rims and everything for a Jensen. You could buy everything yeah. back then. Well, you, sorry, Zara, we interrupted your That's a furious story with a Jensen Interceptor. Learning something here too. <laughs> but, but basically, I've got an admission, I've only seen the first movie, I haven't seen any of them. Have you? No. Am I missing out? Actually, that's the only one that I really remember, the, the first, first one. one. I might have like seen the other one two, but yeah, that's right. They never really stuck in mind. One of Zoran's friends actually built a lookalike to the RX-7. Yeah, the orange and black ball. Yeah, the one with the... The Yeah, Veilside Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that they killed the guy, the Asian guy. I don't know. So then they shoot him. Oh, I don't know. See. You've seen more than us. And then he comes back to life. Does he? Yeah, because no one ever dies in the movies. Except the ball. But no, they brought him back. Yeah, it's... But there's one thing about going to Japan and going to this auction in particular this big auction you, you be like a kid in a candy shop because you're just going to see everything. Yeah. everything the best of the best 
whether it's Japanese, obviously, or European, Japs, Japanese will have it. Well, I mean, they'll have the sorry, Tom. They'll have um, nine thirty turbos now, um, nine nine three turbos that are that they're paying drug money for to buy them out of Japan, and the Germans are bringing them back to Germany. Do they have left and right hand drive there? Most of these cars, most of these European European supercars or any European cars are left hand drive. But I've been looking because we were talking about the AMGs because there's some certain AMGs that you can bring across now, yeah. and they're about half and half. Yeah, it's when funny. Some, the later model ones, some some cars you'll only get, some cars you'll only get in right hand drive. Like VW Golds, you're probably just getting right hand drive. But they, were they sold over there new? Yes. Left hand right. Yeah, they were brought in by official distributors. That's uh, left hand drive. That's funny. So the, Jap the Japanese legislation laws yes. allow yes. And they even they even got the the freeway toll gates um, oh, friendly to work both sides. Both sides. Yeah. Oh wow. Ain't that crazy? So you go for a left hand aisle. That was when you had to pay. Now they're all. Probably yeah, the tags. So you don't yeah. have to worry about that. So got left hand, right hand tags. Yeah. Well, you basically <laughs> won't find, for instance, a four five eight Ferrari or a four eight eight, or any Ferrari. Like a three sixty occasionally comes in right hand drive. Really? Yeah, but maybe one in every hundred if you're lucky. Yeah. Like I look for them all the time. Last time one came up, and they'll have about five or six at every every bigger auction, but they'll all be left hand drive. There was one, but they'll come in stupid colours too, like silver or blue. Which you wouldn't buy for our. There's nothing cars. like red and tan trim. Red and tan trim. But you say <laughs> that, but I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think I'd really care if I was buying a used one. I mean, if you're buying a brand new one, and you get a choice. Yeah. yeah. You know. Then, yeah. yeah. Remember, Soren doesn't hang on to them, but that's the difference. <laughs> but when they do sell like the European exotic cars, do they still go down the same method, or they got like a luxury night or a sports car night? No, no, no. They still just run no, through. No, they go. They go for the same auction. Yeah, they go for the same auction. They just have these like luxury corner or okay, exotic so corner or whatever. So they scatter them in the yard. Yeah, in, yeah, in their yeah, sections. Yeah. How many times have you gone overseas? How how many times have you I gone? To go, I used to go about three or four times a year. How did you eat there? I love it. To buy stock, food. No, no I meant food. food. <laughs> How did you like food? I've got to bring up the food part. So if you went once a quarter, is that you buy enough stock to bring back and then sell? No, you just go there to have a bit of good time, catch up with your friends. You can buy your stock from here. Right, so you ask this. You got this. Yeah, go on. Just a stupid question: Can you buy a car from a private or from a? A dealership, or you have to go through the everything auction? becomes difficult in Japan if you want to go outside the main mainstream sort of stuff. They've got they haven't got eBay in Japan, but they've got Yahoo Japan, which is their version of eBay. Yeah. And um, but if you want to, you can they'll advertise cars, but as a foreigner for you to buy their car, the, the private person has no idea how to sell it to you, how to get how to get the people working. And you don't know whether you're going to trust them either because you can't describe you the car as well as the auction, even for all their. You know, for all their imperfections, they'll still describe you the car. There's an auction sheet that you get with every car. Yeah. And the other thing is, someone's going to be able to export their car for you. So then you've still got to involve your broker, and your broker's going to go in and pick up the car, and he's got to deal with it. And they don't want to do that. He but just, they sell private cars there, don't they? Like, Joe Blow, if you're down the corner. They're very limited, mate. They don't really have like a, not like, like we do here. What a Japanese person would more likely put it just into USS? A Japanese person will more than likely just go to these lit dealer. Yeah. and just accept the price of the dealer told him what his car is yeah. worth and he won't quibble to that. They're not into negotiation. So they'll trade... So even with... Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah. even with the luxury sports cars and things like that, so say a very rare GTR and let's say this one, obviously, that... Um, yeah, the they must know what they're worth, but... I mean, how... Oh, no, look, don't get me wrong. These rare cars, everyone knows what they're worth. The owners know what they're worth. 
they won't give them away. Well, I'm, I'm just talking about run-of-the-mill cars. I was yep. talking about your your family's wagons, your SUVs, your Toyota Corollas, your hybrid whatever, Camrys, whatever yep. they got. You know, those cars, which is still probably 70 80% of the market, you know. The fun cars are a very small percentage of the market. And those people, they know what they're worth. And even back in the old days when the store was... The stores are spun, oh, you know, Japan, they'll only keep the car for five years and because they don't drive anywhere, they'll all be low kilometres and they'll be given to the scrapyards and you'll buy them for next to nothing. Yeah, in the golden period, the late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of cars going to the scrapyard, mm. but they were like your Corollas and your cars that you couldn't bring here or anywhere well, anyway. There was no mar- there was margin. There mar- was no margin for them. Yeah. And they were literally, I got some photos from the first time I went there where they were crushing these cars. And you would just go to these places and the owner would drop the keys and leave the car in the crusher yard to walk away because the dealer didn't rate the car. Yep. They just replaced new cars and their old car had no value. No, it's not worth nothing. So yeah. it was worth nothing. They would so charge them a the fee. So somebody just lost his money. Yeah, but they didn't look at it that way because that's how things were done, you know, back then. It's like, appreciated yeah. every year, like yeah. well, a quarter of Well, well their new cars would have been worth, let's say a Corolla was worth 20 grand here, their new Corolla would be worth 12 grand. Yeah, they keep it four or five years. They got their value out of it. They think it's worth nothing. Mm. Like an old phone. What do we do with old phones? Yeah, right. We're from that's from a two thousand dollar phone. Now Tom keeps them forever. Does Tom keep? I do. I've got a drawer full of them. Yes. Okay. Every phone over. I, I think he's still on iPhone. Different yeah. sins and all. He that. likes the big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> he, likes, he likes the buttons and the big numbers. Loves <laughs> plugs. Get them all. They're all that one. Yeah. So you love playing Snake. It was the most <laughs> easiest game to remember. So basically, without telling us your like your most profitable your, or your trade secrets, but what I'm saying is. What cars do you go out looking for? Are you there to make a quick buck, bring 50 hybrids and they'll sell quick or Taragos, or do you look for still look for the, the unique exotic stuff? Or well, most of, the business that, most of the business that I do with Gary now, it's just um, wheelchair-accessible vehicles, basically, or wheelchair-friendly vehicles. They're your high-ace vans that we've got here yep. that have been built from brand new by Toyota without being cut or chopped around here. Yeah, or like that. So that's 90% of our business. The cars that I bring in now are a little bit for fun because you, it's, 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 the, it's the hunt, you know? It's a challenge of finding that car yeah. and then having that car because now it's rare. Back then, 30 years ago or 25 years ago, it wasn't rare. So now it's rare, you buy it and you'll, you'll flip it. You'll sell it always as a buyer for it. You'll make a decent drink on it. But, yeah. um, you know, there's some cars people make 20, 40, 50 grand on, you know? It just depends how, how um, if you've bought it on the day, they don't know when they're going to find another one and they want that car. It's I remember seeing years ago, like a lot of those K cars off the Daihatsu Copens, mm. those little TT lookalikes and those little... Cappuccinos. Autos, the Cappuccinos. The yeah, quite a few. The Autozans. Small ones. Yeah. 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 Daihatsu. They're, they're six, Daihatsu. They're 660. Like K cars and 660s. Are they still popular? Like, in Japan, the reason why they're called K cars and 660, why they're popular in Japan is because in Japan... To get a brand new car, to get any car, you have to have a parking permit yep. from the council. You've got to be able to park it somewhere. Otherwise, you can't register the car. But the key cars, you don't have to. You can park them wherever you because they're little. But they're within a certain size. And yeah. yeah. It's insane, eh? And horsepower. Look at the laws. Look how it's different here to Australia. Yeah. Here, you park your car anywhere. Did you just notice there was... Oh, I've got it actually on my phone. That's like you've got... Like we've got it work. When the Google... You know how Google goes around the street? This car is the longest in the world parked in one spot on the street. There's one in Italy, wasn't it? It's 50 years parked. It's in brown, is it a brown looking thing? Some shit. I had it on my phone, I think I deleted it. It was on the news last week. It's like become a tourist attraction. Yeah. The wipers are all fucked and 
Man, I wonder if I've got I've it. I've got one of those at Tom's. It's a bit of a tourist trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's left it out in the weather. Is that one of your cars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Datsun? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, 1970, no. my family went to oh, Cyprus. Okay. Sorry, yes, yeah. My grandfather took it from here, went to Cyprus, and he still got it. He still got it. Right Cyprus. Cyprus. Yeah, they're right yeah. hand drive. Is yours yeah. part back yeah. to the vegetable patch? Thomas' favourite vegetable patch. I think they used to go first. I think, yeah. I think his mate Bill was growing pumpkins in it at the moment. But if, if it's still there, it's going up in value. Sure. Well, I don't know, being in the weather. <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tom has put a cover over it. Yes, I have. What are you hiding it? Remember, used to go first. Third to say, you know, the second year. Three on the tree, wasn't it? Three on the tree. How do you see Australia moving forward now that we've lost our own ability to make a car from scratch? Thank God for that. Never made any good cars. Not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Just being able to say that. Like Mm. the fact now that we're like literally now the arse end of the world. and Actually, I think think the last generation of of V8 Commodores was a good car. Yeah. It was world class, probably. Well, they still rave up about them yeah. in America. They send them as Chevys in America yeah, and sold them for half the price. Yeah, and so that means we were getting ripped off. We were getting ripped off. <laughs> like, like, there's a surprise. There's yeah. a surprise yeah. in the car game. Luxury yeah. car tax. No, there was that luxury car tax on those, was it? No, there would be. Even yeah. Australian made cars. Yeah. yeah had luxury so basically, do you see it getting easily port cars? Because that's all we can do now. No. Or um, is it still street? No. We've kind of had that opportunity when um, I think back in 2014, 2015. Ford, Toyota, and um, Holden at the same time, they all, one after the other, said they were withdrawing from yeah. Australia. We had this opportunity, and they had a, which is called a Motor Vehicle Standards um, Act review, and it was even backed by the Productivity Commission and supported by Tony Abbott as well as Joe Hockey. Um, unfortunately for us, they both lost their jobs. <laughs> and um, and the, the, new car, the new car dealers with their powerful lobby group and some of their um, media that was behind them, they won the day because we was we were going for open open doors, open door policies, importation like New Zealand. Yep. Um, and for some reason, under the guise of safety, which was all crap, they still found a way how to um, knock out open door. So would that have been for the consumer to import directly or for dealers, people, consumers, for, anybody, for anybody? Industries. It was like pretty much basically. Bring the cars in, like New Zealand. New Zealand can bring any car, and they got to meet some certain roadworthy yeah, standards, yeah, the yeah. basics, yeah. a few little whatever equivalent it's ratios. Like door seatbelts. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. Mostly, as long as you've got child restraints. A lot of other markets have it. The EU have it. They have. I mean, so they've got protection. No, they've got an open door policy whereby if you want to go and source your brand new Mercedes direct from the factory, you buy it with the EU price, obviously, that you buy it from the, the German dealer. And you import the, there's no restriction on because it's a pan European warranty. It's a EU thing, but it's a yeah, but if that was an EU thing for EU thing. But if it, but would, would you be able to get a right hand drive? So if I wanted to yeah. buy an yeah. AMG, you absolutely can. A Mercedes or a Porsche, drive around Europe because I can afford to, and then bring the car to Australia. Yeah, actually, you could do that exactly because I used to buy um, Wheels magazines back in the day and um, Modern Motor, whatever yeah. you had back in the day, and they were actually and they were actually describing exactly to do that because they had. Back then, well, you still even got it now. It's called a personal import scheme. Yep. Back then, you only had to own the car overseas and, li- and, and live overseas or reside overseas for three months yep. and then bring that car back. Tax-free, I think. No, it wasn't no, tax-free. It was tax-free. Yeah. But it was no, um, there was no restrictions what car you could bring. You could bring in any car. Because it was your vehicle that you yes. used when you were yes. living in that particular country. Yeah. Can you still do it? No. Um, when, then, 
when I was importing cars in the late 90s, early early 2000s, you can bring them in still under the three three month rule. But again, the and, and back then we didn't have the 25 year old rule; we had the 15 year old rule, okay. like Canada. So they could see that the 90s um, were going to have um, amazing choice of cars that we could bring in Japan in big numbers. So then they canned that to 30 years. Wow. And the imports, the personal imports, they made it so difficult. They they did it. They they extended it twelve months and then twenty four months. So you have to be overseas for a good two years. Yes. Yeah. And how many cars can you bring if you live overseas? Well, just once it used to be once every three months, then once every twelve months, then once every twenty four months for the same per for the so same person. So one person, one car. One person, one car. Months. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's difficult. Yeah. And what's the thirty year rule? So if I brought in a thirty year old car, uh, that's changed now back to a twenty five year old rule. Yeah. But the thirty year old, it was not even a thirty year old rule. It was you had, it was a post December nineteen eighty eight. So you can only bring in cars. Sorry, pre December nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. So until two years ago. How do you remember all this? Well, because I've been too long. When you're sitting there holding the two buttons, just, oh, no, 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 stop it, no, I'll bring that I'll get this one. That was a 2002 model. Oh, I'm stuffed up. Asking for a friend. Say my friend went on a website in the UK and found a cheap 911 that he wants to bring in. I don't think they exist, cheap 911s. Oh, okay. Let's, let's, let's pretend it's a made-up okay. story. I know okay. the website, but don't ask me. Yeah. Um, and that's, so, it's, so it's a 25-year-old car. Yeah. It is over 25, I checked. So if I was to bring that in from the UK, there's no extra tax, and I don't think it's over the threshold for the luxury car tax. No, you'd be just paying normal. They don't discriminate. You'd be paying normal tax. GST. Yeah, on GST, the GST. That I'll pay. Yeah, luxury tax. It's well, if, yeah, it's, if, if, if it's, luxury car tax it's comes into it. it. So that's GST on the price of the car and the price of the freight. So yeah. you, you put the price of the car, the price of freight, whatever yeah, else they, they yeah. come up with, and then GST comes last. And your company can arrange that. Yeah. So, I mean, I know Japan is your sort of backyard. Yeah. But if no, I... we actually deal, um, some of the, the company that we deal to clear our cars, yeah. they actually got a base in, um, in, in the UK, yeah. as well as Malta as well. Okay. Yeah. So if we've got any listeners out there that are interested in buying cars from overseas, I mean, and, and moving to today, the internet has brought the world literally a click away. It's yeah. next door. Yeah. We've become a little yeah. village now. And it, it is easy to source cars from overseas and look at it and bring a trailer if you want to pay top dollar and and not the UK, other places if you want to find cheap Porsches. But basically, they can contact your company and you can sort of help yeah. them out and put yeah. them in the right direction. I've got a question. Yeah. Have you ever bring a car that you could not register here? Yeah, did you have a car at the port and you thought, fuck? How do you mean, like, because it was so bad in condition? Or no, no, no. It was you, the wrong car. You, yeah, you just wrong got car. 50 grand, there's a car. Yeah, but you have to get an authority. No, that's right, you couldn't. You, you wouldn't make that mistake because, first of all, you'd, you'd know what you're buying and, secondly, you couldn't bring it in the country if you didn't have an import. Okay, case. how about these so people say all the paperwork gets ticked off before it gets on a boat? Yes. Yeah. What about these uh-huh. people that say, oh, I brought it to be a race car? Yeah, that's fine. Well, that's a race car. Because you don't have to register it. The, uh, the sonic screwdriver bring a car in that was unregisterable at one point. That's because he made a mistake, yeah. 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 But then, because obviously he was able to go back in time in his TARDIS, he could alter the <laughs> We have a friend, for instance, a GDR. Here's another good one, a GDR32. Yeah. We couldn't bring in a certain period because even though, even though they hardly brought any real numbers into the country, they brought in, I think, 120 or 130 yep. in between June uh, 91 and June 92. Kerry Packer had one. I remember seeing him in the city yeah. when I was young. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> he was driving through Phillip Street in wow. his um, maroon. Maroon. maroon oh, that's, the one that, that's the same like one that I had too, yeah. 
yeah. so those those models, if you brought it in that date range, if you made a mistake and brought in, you couldn't comply and you couldn't register because it was sold in because Australia. It was sold in Australia. So whatever they sold in Australia, we couldn't bring it in. Yeah, there had to be something that made it. You know, like for instance, MR2 turbos we could bring in in the early days because there was no MR2 turbos. Then we then we brought in then we brought in a lot. You would have seen those old forerunners back in the day. They were called Hilux Surfs. Yeah, we brought them in because they were turbo diesel. What about the cubes? Oh, the cubes are great cars. They they, they killed. I've got a couple for you. (laughs) The cube was never sold here, but thank God, eh? I know. But you just triggered another car that was big 15, 20 years ago. Was the Lexus Sora or the oh, Toyota yes, SR. Yes, yes, you're right. right. Suspension. Now, what? here's a car that everyone you want to know. How yeah, four what were the markups on some of these cars? I knew a guy that um, that was in Rushcutters Bay. He had a service station, so it was really well off. And um, these particular cars, you know, they would probably bring in costing them 60 or 70 grand, but they would have been one or two years old. old. Yeah. They were same running gear like our LS 400s, I think. Yeah. Great car. Four litre V8. Four yeah. litre V8. And they'd be selling for 110, 120. Oh, yeah. But they weren't badged back, back, back then, back, back in 1998. What are they badged Lexuses in Japan, no, were they? No. Uh, so they would put the badges on here or from Japan? Do you know what Lexus stands for? Luxury export to the US. That's it. But, <laughs> but did they put those badges on in Japan? No, they land, put the badges here. They landed here and put Lexus. They Me put too. Because yeah. that, well, that would have doubled the value. Well, it literally did, and uh, the, the sneaky ones, what they used to do, because um, now it's been done so many years ago, who cares, these guys have left anyway, because they're not even in business, but yeah. they used to buy 91, 92 model Sauras, yeah. which were 99 identical to the 98 model, and the V8 Limited, that's what everybody wanted. Yeah. They'd buy them, and the only difference used to be the front bumper bar, which had like a letterbox grill, and the two taillights in the rear. Yep. And they'd re- re-trim the seats in leather. And the so screen you saw that was in Japanese. Yeah, the Japanese. So they brought these 91, 92 models and called them 98. Oh, wow. See <laughs> so all the tricks of the trade. And back the, in those days... What about the compliance? But, well, see, oh. back in those days, you would tell Canberra what year model, what your car was. Yeah. And some people that really, like, you know, took the mickey out of it, they'd buy 93 Skylines and call them 96 Skylines. And, well, you couldn't have them because, obviously, the whole frame was different. And the airbags, this car, 96... Oh, so went to a different generation. 96 had double airbags. Yeah. yeah, so but they still were calling it 96. And you have a car, this guy would trust it. I said, mate, no, your car's not 96. Yeah. Your car's 93. Yeah. You'd just been dotted. Yeah. A lot of this stuff went on. Yeah, know. I remember the screens, mate, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't read them. A Sora yeah. screen, Sora's had these things, I think they were like liquidy, whatever they were. They, they would just go LCD blank. Screen, they would just yeah. go blank, yeah. Yeah, and I remember a, a cousin of mine had one back in the day, and the nav, he didn't change it. It was still in the Japanese, and it was like, wow, nav. Like, it was like a big thing, but... Didn't work. Yeah, right. you're always swimming in the ocean. Yeah, in the ocean. Yeah, the the, the arrows going around around the ocean. And the ocean was the, the soil. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you could. Make Everybody. Yeah, they had a chip after. There was somebody. Thousand dollars. Somebody for every for every little Japanese quirk that found a way to fix yeah. it. It was a thousand dollars to fix it. And we actually had a good run too because I mean, Toyota was the one that was really anti imports in the early days, um, but then they started. Then there were the ones also that were selling spare parts too. For them, for them, yeah, like, yeah it was a, too yeah. big of a market to miss out on. Yeah, so they were screaming loudly so they could yeah. protect their own sales. And Nissan was always friendly, but they were still making money on the side with yeah. bringing the parts yeah. in because it was like a, too much of a market for them to miss out on spare parts. Yeah, like that we were changing seatbelts back then on every car, so they were selling brand new seatbelts. And Nissan, for instance, Hornsby Nissan was 
um, they 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 brought in the bulk of the thirty two GDRs and sold them. Yeah, and they were very very um, actually supportive of us. Their um, service department had scan tools, and they were, in the early days they would fix our GDRs, GDRs up for us, sell us spare parts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. It was Is there a unicorn that you haven't found yet that you've wished you could bring in? There's probably unicorns that I had and gave sold to oh, cheap. It's business, mate. You made money on it. Why, why do the radios in Japan or wherever you get them from? Different frequency. Do, yeah. Well, it's a frequency zone. Yeah, but you think, it. why can't everyone unite and be together and sort of like make it easier? Because you it's the you, well, you only put an FM expander on those older cars anyway. Yeah, so yeah true. Yeah. Frequency, so it wasn't the end of the world. Well, there's a few unicorns at the moment. Like Fidos, he just showed me photos of his car. He's got a 22B. Yeah. I've got a 22B. They've only made 400 of those cars. They're all numbered. So, I mean, you know, the whole world wants them. So that's the Subaru, the coupe, is it the Subaru, the, the uh, wide, guard, wide, yeah, the wide body, wide body. You know what gets sold in England uh, that had 30, 30 kilometres on or something, now, half a million dollars or something? Yeah, but that would be peanuts now if that car came yeah. up for sale again. It would yeah. go well yeah. over a million. But Subaru kept a lot of their cars too. There, wasn't there like the. I remember when in the late 90s when they brought those two door WRXs out, mm-hmm. there were a handful so, of. There was only five or twenty-five of the um, the Evo. The, uh, um, there was one that was just like a unique engine, and then they brought four, couple hundred of the standard coupes. Well, these twenty-two Bs. Well, the, yeah. the standard coupes. I think we had. I think was it two hundred or four hundred in total, four doors and two doors that they brought in 98 yeah. or ninety-nine. They brought those in. No, one fell off the boat. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's it's uh, like a two ninety-nine or three. Now these twenty-two Bs that, that they're all numbered. I think there's a slightly, a little bit more than 400, even though they're only numbered to 400. Okay. Um, a whole bunch of them went to the UK. Majority were in Japan. Now they claim that five came to Australia. Yeah, they're the five. They claim that, but I'd love to see one yet. Not that I doubt it, but I'd love to see it because in the day, how would they get an Australian compliance plate on it? Yeah. And I know that um, Subaru wouldn't have had a line dedicated because ADRs were a little bit silly and specific. That's why we missed out on a lot of cars. Like the thirty-two. I used to creek. I used to creek a couple of years ago at the summer nuts. There was a few Australians that had them there, you know, showing them off. Well, but they, they were probably uh, personal imports. Like I, yeah, they, yeah, they bought it themselves. Yeah, well, that's correct. Yeah, my, my first one that I had that I let go for sixty-five grand oh. back in not till in two thousand nine. Yeah, that was yeah. the one I had with George. Yeah, yeah. yeah. two thousand nine. Well, that car be worth now three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars anywhere in the world. The yeah. US is paying for average cars three fifty because they can also get them in less than five hundred made, similar to the purple GDR. Oh, okay. So they bring them on the show and display. Yeah. So yeah, that, that Mate, if you knew the old days. Yeah, but it's like any even Australian car. Yeah. It's the same thing. Australian same cars, Japanese GT, cars. Before the GT, the, the Falcon Four three thousand, it's going like half a million. Falcons are wider numbered as well, aren't they? Yes, yes. 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 Granger, 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 Granger. Granger. It was a good year again. He's the only one that lost money on it. Yeah. No, no, we drank the bottle. We drank the bottle. <laughs> that was a good episode. Well, Zoran, Gary, thanks for coming in. Like, I, I learned a lot. Like, well, was, we had so much fun. I mean, I could talk for so much longer. There's so many stories. All right, okay. Let's keep going. No, we two. don't. <laughs> we'll go and continue to drink it over. Plug away. I mean, if someone no. is interested in, in bringing a car in or... or to be perfectly car. honest, I'm actually not not really looking for that business. I mean, I'll give a shout out to a few people that do that sort yeah. of work. I mean, there's Prestige um, Prestige Motorsports in WA. Jeff Risby is a good mate of mine. Yeah. He'll help them out. Oh, that's um, good. There's also Iron Chef. He's, no, he's, a, he's a bloke who's I'm okay with. He can help me yeah. out. Uh, we, we just generally do our own thing. And we, even though I just imported a few cars, like for an example, yeah. I brought in a, for a good mate of mine. I, 
I, I sold him an ice spirit type R, which that's my second, third one that I've had. Not the red one. No, which, sorry, red, which? Uh, RX7 spirit, uh, spirit uh, type yeah. A, another unicorn. 1,500 made in total. Worldwide. Worldwide yeah. in total, but they came in two-seater, four-seater, and four-seater automatic configuration. Oh, wow. So having a two-seater manual, which is the rarest of them all, yeah. they probably have something like six or 700. Again, well under 1,000. Um, so I sold that one to him, but I helped him import a really nice 1,500-kilometer um, Honda NSX 91 model. Oh, which they've there. gone through the roof. Yeah, oh, that yeah, right. that yeah. Beautiful car. I could have bought one for forty-five thousand. I brought a few. Yeah, but yeah, it was expensive. I, I still think they're timeless. I mean, the, wasn't the, that your trip a couple of years ago? You oh, went for oh, them? Three? I had three of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had three. Oh, of them. What, what are, are they? A beautiful car. I love them. Yeah, I think two point four liter in the back, isn't it? Aluminium. No, I think they're three. Three liter. Yeah, yeah. What about the Evo? The I had a couple of those Evo Pajeros. Yeah, three thousand mate. Maybe in Malaysia though. He had one. Then I was gonna the yeah. brake light on the NSX going across. Yeah, like yeah. Porsche. The Apple with the I still remember in Paul's picture. Oh, the white guards. When, uh, I'll ask you, yeah. When That's the wolf, the Harvey Coyne. Yeah, the wolf. When the wolf. Uh, that was an Acura. That was an Acura. <laughs> yes, of course it was. Yes. So yeah, we brought in. I you know I brought in some cars for friends. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. You still to got that ever? Evo. The Pajero, or you got rid of it? No, I got rid of that. I got rid of that. That was just, you know, was, I had so many of these cars. That was a, tick, that was a ticket box. Well, you know, even when I bought that car, I bought it, it owed me probably 30 grand. Everybody thought it was too dear. Now they're paying 40, 50, 60 grand to buy them, yeah. and they're still going up. Literally, yeah. some of these cars, every three yeah. months, they're going up by 30, 40%. Especially now that everything's electrical. Last Friday, just quickly, I know you want to wrap this up, but no, just quickly. Right. Uh, my, my agent was actually videotaping this car that I didn't even bother, didn't even see that was going to go up. It was like the red car you just did for me, Tom, the Spirit um, mm -hmm. Spirit R Type A. Mine's got 30,000 kilometres. I paid X amount of dollars. You can work out the sums. This one went three times with 15,000 kilometres in white, made 23 million yen. Now that's two hundred seventy, two hundred eighty thousand dollars I've never seen it in what white. Car? The, um, the RX-7. RX yeah, and that's before uh, taxes. Before that's before anything. Yeah, that was yeah. just last. Oh, the one they had there. Yeah. That was just last. Month. So ones. literally, that car more than doubled in price. Well, where did in, do you know where that went? Did it come to here? Or I don't so, know. I'll, you know, we'll find out if it comes here. I had a, I've got a guy that really specialised in these things, and he pays good money for it. He told me after I showed him the video, he told me that he had fifteen million yen on it, and he was nowhere near it. Would <laughs> mm. you have bid on it if you'd have seen no, it? No, 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 just... no, not really. I knew it was going to go 15. Yeah. I thought it was going to go 15 as well if I've seen okay. it. So 23. Again, Eight million yeah, 23. Yeah, which is the best car that you got? Well, it would be the 22B. Yeah. There's, some, there's a and lot of rare cars, but I think the ultimate Japanese car would be the Lexus LFA. Yeah. That is one car that is just. Untouchable. It's There's expensive, but you should be fast. sticking up for me for the RX8, the uh, uh, Mazda. The RX8. So they were about that in the same vein as other. Yeah, like like you know, like hypercars. They're not that fast, but um, they're five seconds. Are they? Is it all? But it's it's one of those cars. It's just a, a moment. It's car. a real enthusiast car. Yeah, it took me ten years to bloody make it. A million dollars, or whatever. Uh, is it a V10? I think it's a V10. in that thing. Probably, yeah. It's like a, it was a, a V10 F1 motor, wasn't it? F1 yeah. derived engine. And we went down to Dutton's a couple of years ago to record. There were two bloody sitting there for a million bucks. So, yeah. um, at Dutton's. Yeah, about two years ago, mm. there was two of them just sitting there. Never see one in the wild <laughs> on the street. So I think it's I think it's one of those. Cars, it's like a piece of art. This is where in Japan you'll see all these cars in the world from anything F40s driving around. Yes, 
Well, generally, you won't see too many driving around. You, you, well, there is a place, I mean, our mate um, did, did go there out of his way, um, just near the ports there, they, where they all get together. I was going to ask you, oh, like, the back of the yeah, 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 I forgot to Yokohama. ask you, that midnight, Friday night, yeah, midnight club yeah, thing. Yeah. Did you, have you been to that? I've just been, yeah, I've been briefly. I had a look, yeah. Is it's, it like a Japanese Brighton? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got some tips when Joe, Joe went and, and there was their forties there yeah. and Enzo's and yeah, everything right. there and, and not one like multi they're just all there they're they all just there. turn up like right? I said, you'll find more than any country you'll find these foreign cars like for instance um, the MGs the V8 MGs the, the Rover uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. call them 10, 20 years ago they built well they literally the yes they were the, they were the ones yeah they were really built for the Japanese market yeah. most of them ended up in Japan like another car I've got at the moment, which I found that is a true story, the Lancia Delta Integralis. Most yeah. of them, a lot of them ended up in Japan. Yeah, okay. There was one selling, remember I showed the picture in uh, Perth? We wanted 49 grand for it. That's a fragile car. That's though. cheap. Yeah. That's a very fragile car. Mine's got 34,000 Ks. Oh, you've got one, Integrali? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's like you. Yeah, can't talk this about it. There was a red yeah, one for sale in a, a live drive. About, of course, coming oh, three or four <laughs> months ago, and uh, I showed it to Tom. We wanted 49 for it. 49 sounds too cheap. Can I say something? There is no substitute for cubic inch. Oh. <laughs> Spoken like a real wog. Yeah. Okay. That would be Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel would say Anyway, that. another question, last question. Yeah. Do you see a lot of modified cars in Japan? Absolutely, but there are a lot of them are rough. Roughly modified. Well, with the so the in, the auctions, in, the ac- in the auctions, do you, can you buy like modified ones? Absolutely. Look, you can buy anything with vans. With you more just colors. let your mind run wild, your imagination run wild. Vans with more colours than a rainbow and things <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, Gary Zorin, thank you for coming. Yeah. I mean, you're more than welcome to come again because I think we can talk for hours. Yeah, it's good. No, yeah, no, really it's right. again. I was waiting for Tom to crack up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, no, we'll, we'll have you on again. Or a hologram. You have to have part two. We might visit you all there and, and, sure. and talk about something. It's only a small little place, but you're more than Oh, yeah, we'll come down there and, and have a play. And I'll bring the Grange. There you go. Yeah. All oh, right. You, can you remember? Yeah, bring the Grange. <laughs> we're still, we're, we haven't got the car, but we've got the bottle. Bottles, yes. We've yeah. still got the bottle. So we'll, we'll crack and open a Grange and then uh, start it in the Lancet Integrale and see how we go. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Rate thanks. us, review us. What else do they do, Tom? Send us emails at emails and um, I'll talk at outlook.com.au. Download us, tell your friends about us, and bye for now. Bye. Bye bye. You, you know, there's uh, these cars in Japan, Fitos, and on the front they put these massive splitters. What are they called? Well, I've got pictures. The uh, front the lid big is about exhaust pipes. two meters out. Oh, yeah. 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 What's that? Oh, look, I mean. They do it to highnesses. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they like front end. Yeah. And they've got massive, massive things that go out, like, you know. Yeah, the splitters. Like those ocean liners. Yeah. And they've got that big thing out the front of it. I've got some pictures I'll show you. You'll freak out. <laughs>